Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening and being a part of Mama Said, and thanks in advance for supporting these sponsors in this episode. They help us have this much fun with you every week for free. So enjoy the show. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. No one said being a parent would be easy, but now you don't have to go through it alone. Actress and mother of two, Jamie Lynn Sigler, has teamed up with musician and stay-at-home mother of two, Jenna Paris, to create a safe place where you can confess your worst mommy sins and still feel like you're killing the mommy game. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. We have a great episode today. We have Jamie Bacall. She is an educator and education expert and consultant that is joining us to talk all about this school year and all the fears that we are facing um, about sending our kids back, when it's safe, what's going on with our schools and these decisions. So it's a great episode for all of us in this time. Um, and before that, we are going to thank one of our sponsors, which is Each and Every. Each and Every is a gender-inclusive deodorant that's formulated for sensitive skin, and it's made without aluminum, parabens, baking soda, alcohol, and synthetic fragrances. They have just six simple ingredients. They use natural ingredients like coconut oil and dead sea salt. It was founded by two women in the beauty industry that were frustrated with the lack of high-quality natural deodorant options. I can speak for myself and telling you that it helps me keep odor free all day. It is also vegan and cruelty fee. So visit eachandevery.com slash mama and use promo code mama for 30% off your first purchase. That's not eligible combined with other discounts or subscriptions. Again, that's promo code mama at eachandevery.com slash mama. And now back to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna. Uh, this is a, another episode of Mama Said. Um, we're going to do things a little differently than we normally do because we have a very special guest with us who has um, a lot of information and insight to offer us in a lot of questions that all our mamas are dealing with right now, which is about schools, when our kids will go back, if they go back, all of the questions, all of the concerns, all the things we have all about it. Um, our guest... Um, as was an educator and she's a native Los Angelino and she has her fingers on the pulse of Los Angeles's ever changing educational environment for the past 20 years. Um, she worked as an early primary elementary education expert and she's extensive involvement in creating new curricula and working with parents to get the best out of their children and has given her insights into the young student's mind. She um, has a consulting firm. Is that right, Jamie? It is. Helping families find out the proper schools for their kids. She is also on the Associate Board of City Year Los Angeles, um, which helps to close gaps in high-need schools by supporting students' academic and social-emotional development, while also providing schools with the additional capacity to enhance school culture and climate. She lives in L.A. with her two daughters. I will stop talking and just bring her on the show now. Please welcome Jamie Bacall. Hey, Jamie. Hi, thank you for having me. So you're I'm, also I'm in your car. Yes, I was going to say, I'm glad I'm not the only one. You are not. I'm actually, we, we drove up to visit my parents, and it's very loud in the house right now between the dance parties going on while doing dishes after dinner. And I just decided, thank goodness for Wi-Fi in the car. <laughs> there we go. Well, we're so grateful that you're giving us your time this evening. Um, because again, I know that, 
I mean, everything, I know it's a very fluid situation or it seems that it is, you know, when will school go back? How will it go back? Um, I mean, as, as, as the, there's various levels of where people are concerned with COVID. I mean, there's a lot of families that just don't care and want their kids back in school. There's a lot of families that are really concerned. So to start the conversation off, with the current spike in cases, what might school look like for kids and parents um, this coming year? To be truthful, um, like, like you said, it's a very fluid situation. It's not going to look like a normal school year. And I think there's a great chance that we are remote the entire year. Obviously, I don't have a magic ball. Sure. Uh, I know that that is, is concerning to a lot of parents to hear. But I think until there is either a vaccine that is accessible to everyone or there is robust mm-hmm. testing on school campuses. I just don't see a way to open safely. I don't know if you've heard the news, like a school just opened in Georgia, a second yeah. grader on day one got sick and that whole classroom shut down. And I think the only thing that's more detrimental than having these kids on remote learning all year is opening and closing and opening and closing. Right. I think they need some sense of consistency. That's, that's such a good point. And to be honest, something I didn't e- even think about, um, you know, because that kind of leads, I guess, to my next question is, what's, what's the best way for us parents to prepare our kids for, for this unknown school year? Because, you know, my son just finished his first year of school or was almost had his whole first year of kindergarten. And obviously, he's very anxious to get back. He's even having emotions like, I want to still be a kindergartner because I didn't get to finish kindergarten. And because I have no answers to give him, and he asks me very often, what what is your advice and how we can best prepare our kids? Parents are looking to you to, for consistency and for answers. And while we might not have the answers, I think we need to model the correct reactions to all of this. Mm-hmm. If we're super anxious about it and that's what we present to our kids, they're going to be super anxious about it. If we present it in a way of you've got this and we're going to make the most of it, that's how they're going to accept it. And I think by um, embracing it, creating a, a school house at home, a workspace, letting, you know, one of my favorite things when I was a kid was back to school shopping for all your school supplies. Yeah. Go to what was then save on and do all of our shopping, do it on Amazon with them. Let them take part in it, help them set up their workspace at home where they're going to do that. Create a schedule for them. I know that a lot of schools are being really flexible and saying, I know there's working parents and you can kind of figure things out on your schedule, but create a schedule for them and whatever works in your house. So they have a regular routine that they can follow and that you're embracing is if you embrace it, they'll embrace it. Right. That make you know, that makes a lot of sense because with the remote um towards the end of the year that you know, the learning that we had to do at home, um, I was very grateful to the school of how they set it up. I thought his teachers did a really good job. They had a website, they had the daily curriculum, the weekly curriculum, the things to print out, the things to upload. And I found that you'd think it would be the opposite, that the kids just want freedom all day. But the days that we had more structure were the days he was better behaved. I was better behaved. It was, you know, for me, I love to check off a list and I realized so does my son. Like they feel accomplished. And what we've been struggling the most this summer is lack of structure. I mean, everything's been all over the place. I'm tired. He's tired, you know. He just wants to be in his iPad because that's how he connects with his friends. 
and I'm torn about it. And so it's, I'm almost looking forward to yeah. the school year so that they ha- we have yeah. something to do. And that's great advice of how to, how to, I guess, prepare your home and their workspace. Would you suggest? Make it a schoolhouse, you know, make it when you're at this desk, you're in school and put a schedule that they can see. And if a child's reading, great. If not, color code it and have it so they know what each color means. Um, And really set up that routine and that schedule, you know, make them get dressed every day. They don't go to school in their pajamas. They shouldn't be in front of their Zoom in their pajamas. They don't eat in the middle of class when they're in the classroom. They shouldn't be having a snack in the middle of class. Really establish those routines from the get-go so they feel that that is really their school. What does 2020 mean for small businesses? You have to do more with less. And suddenly every single hire is critical, but there are fewer resources to find the right people. So Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, they provide powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored job, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Express is a brand that encourages people to dream big and dress accordingly by providing a curated edit of high quality pieces for day, night, and everything in between. I always want to feel super confident in whatever I wear, and I feel like Express really gives me that opportunity. I can get something for work, or I could get something for a night out on the town, or I could get something to stay cozy in. And Express has expanded beyond occasion-ready dresses and suits to include more casual looks, offering the very perfect mix of casual, comfy styles and trending pieces. Something that is so cool that they're doing is they have this Dream Big project, Express's ongoing fundraising initiative powered by GoFundMe, and it's created to support charities and organizations that share Express's mission of empowering people to go for their dreams. To start, Express is supporting GoFundMe's Small Business Relief Fund to help those impacted by COVID-19. So you guys follow at Express on Instagram for style, inspo, tips, and more. And you could text MAMA, M-A-M-A, to 397-737 to receive $25 off your purchase. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. What is this, what is this whole learning pods conversation? Oh, sorry, Jenna. Did you want to ask something else about that before? It's okay. I was going to say, um, I know a lot of this is school shut down because of K through 12, but I want to talk about, and we could continue with the pods thing, but I want to talk about preschoolers as well. Yeah. Because sure. I know preschool is in a situation where a lot of preschools are open. And my question is, mine is opening next week. Do I send? Is it safe? What is your thought? I read a million articles every single day. I'm reading about what happened in Israel. I'm reading about the ever-changing facts of the opening in Israel, um, opening of the schools in Israel. And I wanted to know your opinion on, you know, if you're, I'm lucky because both of my kids are still in preschool. So I wanted to know your opinion on actually sending them to school versus not. 
So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I know. I read a lot. I talk to my kid's pediatrician a lot. Um, yeah. It seems that on the whole, kids do not tend to be highly symptomatic if they get COVID. They tend to also not be massive transmitters. That said, it is still very scary, predominantly for the teachers or if you have anyone in your home that is particularly at risk or has yeah. a compromised immune system. I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to this because I think you have to do what works best, especially the preschool level for your family. When this all first started happening, I had families calling me saying, we don't think we're going to be comfortable sending our child to a last year of preschool. How are private kindergartens going to deal with this if we're applying to kindergarten? And so I started calling every admissions director trying to find out the answer to this. And their answer was, we're just going to have to deal with it. We suspect we're a lot of kids pulling out of preschool for their last year because parents just aren't comfortable sending their kids. Um, right. For families that really realistically don't have a choice. They have two working parents that aren't able to work from home and they don't have a nanny and they don't have any childcare and they don't have the option but to send their child. So it's yeah. you have to figure out what works best for your family in that scenario. Right. It's well, very situational. Yeah. I can speak from our experience. We three weeks ago started sending our two and a half year old to preschool mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles. Um, there's probably, we're supposed to be 16 to 18 kids in his class. There's only five that are going. Um, There's designated doors. Each class has a door. Every two kids has their own teacher that they only come in physical contact with. No parents are allowed on campus. Temperatures taken upon entry. Um, Constantly sanitized. Um, I, I recently saw a little kid that went in and had a slight temperature. It could have been because it was hot in the car, or whatever, and they wouldn't let him in. I mean, they're they're doing the best they can. I mean, this is I think everyone's first time in experiencing this, um, but it was the choice for our family, like you said. I think it's it's I, I I feel like there's a lot of judgment. There's always mommy judgment, but there's a lot of mommy judgment going on when it comes to schools, and I really feel like. My stance with COVID in general has just been like whatever you feel comfortable with. If you're not yeah. comfortable, that's okay. I mean, I, I we don't have enough science yet to make any of this right or wrong. So right. you truly right. have your gut as a mom and what's best for your family. Yes. Right, right, right. And I also feel like, you know, a lot of these schools are really doing a good quote unquote, I say good job because like, I, I don't know what good is. I mean, they're doing the best they can to keep everyone healthy and safe. But, you know, school, preschool, I'm talking about myself and my kids, preschool versus pod, I did the pros and cons to both. And I just felt like, you know, the preschool outweighed the pod for me because they have cleaning people coming and they have, you know, there's like Jamie said, there's really only going to be like six or seven people in the class. And while if you're in a pod and you might be with all of your friends, you kind of know like what their deal is out of the classroom better. But, but the truth is you really don't. No one's really saying to, if you're in a pod, like, Oh, I went to the grocery store today. And then I went to a part, you know, no one's really, you know, no one's, no one has to tell their daily schedule. So I personally feel like I'm going to send my children back to preschool. And I'm saying that because it might help other people decide 
and right. feel not ashamed if they're going to send their kids to preschool. Um, it's, it's definitely like, even when I say it to people, I'm like, oh my God, are they going to judge me? Um, but for a preschool age child, you can teach your, you as a parent, as a non-educator can teach your kids yes. letters and sounds. You can teach your child to count. You can read your kid a ton of Dr. Seuss and they'll learn how to rhyme. You cannot tell your child how to socialize. You cannot tell your child how to be empathic. You cannot tell your child how to um, yeah. initiate play. They have to be in those situations and be around people who know how to foster those situations. You can, it, that's hard to replicate at home in a pod. Now, as you get into elementary and secondary, pods are for different reasons. But at a preschool level, yeah. you can't replicate that socialization at home. That's right. right. And I think both pod or school is the way to go. I mean, it, whatever anyone, like Jamie was saying, whatever anyone feels safest, I feel okay sending my kids to the particular school I am because they've done such a fabulous job from what I've heard, um, you know, making a step plan for everyone. So, so I think, you know, but our house is in escrow, so that's a different story. So I don't even know what's going on with school, but, but yeah, that's, that's my goal. And I'm actually really, I, I, I look at Milo and I, when I see him with a child now, and it's been so long, and I see him and his face lights up, it's just like, I'm like, I know this is the right move for me. I know that he needs this. So, so when we're talking about learning pods as far as now elementary and older, um, you know, I've been approached by a couple of moms of talking about this as soon as, and I go back and forth about it because for me, Bo is in private school. I'm already paying a lot of money for his education. And so then the thought of now paying for a, a teacher, you know, a private pod teacher, and then isn't there, doesn't there also, aren't we also going to have to put in place some sort of like insurance? Like, is there, is there, is there like, a, a legal thing that we need to be setting up for these pods as well. It feels like it's, it's so much bigger of a thing than a simple, like, Oh, let's just have our kids do their remote learning together. So I think the idea of pods and when people talk about pods looks very different. There are people that talk about a learning pod where you're at home with a teacher and two or three kids sitting in your backyard and that teacher's facilitating a learning all day long. I particularly know a lot of families who are in public school that aren't paying private school tuition that say, you know what, we're not confident in what LAUSD is going to provide. We'd rather spend that money, hire a teacher and do that. But for a lot of private school families that were talking about pods, um, I know a lot of families that were talking about just for the socialization aspect, getting a group of two or three kids together and depending on their age, maybe if they're, call it K through two, they might need a nanny or someone just to oversee it all, not necessarily to teach them while they're together. So when they're on Zoom, they're all on their own tablets or computers, whatever they're doing. But when they're not, they're working collaboratively and have a friend to be there and work with so they're not working alone all day. For older kids, you don't need someone to facilitate that. And frankly, I had envisioned that for my kids. My kids also go to private school and I had envisioned setting each of my daughters up with a group of two or three friends that they could do this with all day. And realistically, our headmaster at our school sent out a letter last week explaining what the remote learning is going to look like for the fall. And he actually addressed the learning pod issue and said, we don't approve of the learning pods and we're going to ask you not to do it. It goes against everything 
that we talk about in being a community and you're, you're devising yourself, you know, dividing yourself and it's getting clicky and it's yeah. actually can be quite distracting to the learning, especially for the really young kids and especially for the older kids who just want to socialize. Right. I mean, I feel like it's more important. I'd much rather have an after school hours hire, you know, a PE teacher to take the couple of kids to run in a park. I mean, to me, that's more what my son needs. It's the yeah, burn energy hours of learning that we're getting. I could sit down, my husband said, we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll, 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 we'll get that rolling. We'll get in the rhythm the same way we did in April and May. Was it easy? No, but, and, and, but then again, we are in a household. My husband has a, a demanding full-time job that he can work from at home and my job comes and goes. So I'm able to, you know, step in as opposed to a lot of other parents that have, you know, very demanding two full-time jobs. I, I, I think about that all the time. And I think about these families all the time because I, I can't imagine how difficult it is. Um, and we can only face what, you know, we have in our own hands, but still, I mean, I think that wrapping our heads around like those couple of months being possibly a full year is, is really daunting. It is. And the thing is, is you're not alone. It's, it's everywhere. It's the whole country. It's the whole world. And again, I, I truly believe that a year on remote learning is going to be stronger than a year of opening and closing and opening and closing. I think that's going to be really hard on the students. I think that's going to be incredibly hard on the teachers. And I think that everyone gets so wrapped up in their own mind and how this affects their families. And I think the teachers are often so forgotten about and they have families too, and they're at risk being adults. And frankly, the amount of work that goes into remote learning is exponentially harder than being in class. And the only thing that's harder than that is having to do a hybrid when you're doing both at the same time. Um, So I, I just think that we need to remember that and all take a deep breath and realize we're all in the same boat. Uh, I, I cried when we had our final like goodbye with his kindergarten teachers, I cried like mm-hmm. just thanking them because I just, I, I saw the work that they were putting in. And I, I think more than ever, we all across the world have such a greater appreciation for teachers and educators and what they do for our kids and how they take care of our kids and how they nurture our kids and educate our kids and the hard work and the planning that it takes. Um, and, you know, I, I could only imagine with more preparation time, I mean, they were really thrown into it <laughs> out of nowhere this spring. But preparation, I also think we have to remember there's a reason that online learning doesn't exist for elementary school kids. It's not a model that was existed prior to this, and it probably is not going to exist much beyond this. Um, right. It's not sustainable. It's incredibly hard for children with ADHD or any kind of focus issues. It's incredibly hard for young children, call it second grade and under. It's a, it's a not sustainable model. So there, every school, public, private, they're all doing the best they can. Yeah. Just like we're doing the best we can as parents and we need to cut everyone some slack. Absolutely. Everybody's got a butt. So everybody deserves the gift of tushy. If you've got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? Water cleans better than dry paper, my friends. So thankfully, now there's a sleek bidet attachment that literally just clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. And it's called tushy and is the best thing you can do for your butt. 
A bidet saves you money also on toilet paper. Think about that. Tushy sprays your butt with fresh water. It's not toilet water. It connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with clean, fresh water. And guess what? It's only $79. Helps you get everything out. You guys, trust me, you want on this Tushy train. So go to Hello tushy.com slash mama and get 10% off of your order and free shipping. Again, hello tushy.com slash mama, get 10% off your order and free shipping. Hey guys. So we are focusing on keeping things clean more than ever, I feel, but sometimes we forget the kind of nasty odors that come along with the things like we need to clean. For instance, your gym is kind of in your house now, so it might be smelling like one too. Or your four-legged friends, pretty cute, but they kind of stink and leave it on your towels and blankets. Or kids, I mean, think about the tough laundry odors from kids with the sports and the clothes and the socks and the summer sweat. I mean, I can go on. So enter OxyClean Odor Blasters. OxyClean Odor Blasters is a special formulation to tackle the toughest odors in your home, not just cover them up. You have got to try OxyClean Odor Blasters for yourself. To work your magic with OxyClean, go to oxyclean.com slash try me and order a free sample. That's oxyclean.com slash T-R-Y-M-E for a free odor blaster sample while supplies last. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. So if all, if let's say all goes as planned, we get to a place where we are planning to return to school. Um, you know, Bo's school has thrown out the mask, the mask all day, um, learning outside, things like that. My first question is what, what are experts saying? What are their thoughts about children wearing masks for an entire school day? I think it depends on the age of a child. Um, I think it is next to impossible to assume that preschoolers are going to wear masks all day. Of course. Um, there are the few outliers, kids yeah. that are rule followers whose parents have put a mask on them from day one and they'll be fine. But the majority of kids in preschool age are not going to wear a mask. Um, I know right. my well, I believe they were saying that if we are able to reopen K through two is not going to be mask mandated in the classroom. I think when oh, you're okay. asking kids the, this age to wear a mask, you run the risk of it being more distracting to their learning. So yes. to separate the desks, have class outside, do things like that. You're going to have kids that are playing. I mean, imagine how distracting a pencil is to a child, yeah. let alone a mask on their face where they're playing with it. They're twirling it on their finger. They're pulling it up. They're pulling it down. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what's being taught at them. They're not learning. So I think that if you're going to reopen, it's how do we not only reopen safely, but how do we reopen where the kids can successfully learn? So that, that is kept in mind. Third grade and up, I know at my kid's school was mask was mandatory in class and when you're transitioning from class to class. Um, class sizes will be smaller an area, I mean, we're fortunate we live in LA and we can have class outside most of the year in, in schools that have right. the space and capacity to do that. But the majority of the country can't do that yeah. uh, due to weather constraints. So, or if you're in an urban area that where there's no space to do that. Um, so they're really going to have to figure out how they can spread out as best they can. I know some schools are putting up plexiglass around kids' desks. Mm. Um, there, there's a myriad of things they're doing to figure out how to reopen as safely as humanly possible. Ugh. But again, like the private schools have the funding to implement whatever they need and the public schools realistically yeah. don't have no. 
Right. So what other precautions could they take other than masks? It's, it's challenging, right? It's making as many classes as you can. So I think realistically, like New York right now is going to be opening on a hybrid model where kids will be in school one to three days a week. And I think realistically, if schools that don't have the resources to um, be able to open safely in terms of hiring more janitorial staff, hiring more teachers, spreading out classes. Um, they're going to have to do it on some form of a hybrid where they don't have every kid on campus all at once. Right. So, you know, in thinking also about going back to school, I mean, I would imagine that my son will be like, throwing himself out of my car on at on the school campus like so excited to get back but that might not always be the case I mean it's it's going to be it, it could possibly surprise all of us of how difficult the transition is especially if we're going to talking about possibly a whole other year of being at home like what are ways that we can prepare our kids and ourselves you know when they head back to school I think, again, this comes back to modeling as parents and, and kids are amazingly resilient. And frankly, I think far more resilient than we are as adults. And we talk, like I know in my house, we talk about COVID as it's very possible we're all going to get it. And I'm not highly concerned if my daughters get it or if my husband or I get it. I am concerned if we have it asymptomatic and give it to one of their grandparents um, or give it to someone who is immune compromised. So... I, because I want them to know that they are safe and could something happen? Sure. But they don't need to know that. So that's how we talk about it. And when we talk about going back to school, we talk about, we're only going to go back when it's safe. And if school reopens and we don't feel it's safe, then you're not going to go back. We have that choice as parents to make on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And you need to trust us as parents when we're only letting you go back when it's, once it's safe and really putting the trust in that and also putting the trust in your school saying not only should you trust us, we trust the school. So they're not going to open till it's safe. And we're fortunate that we live in LA where I think they are being perhaps um, more realistic about the situation than other cities and other um, school district, public school districts. Um, But we, we have to let the kids know that they are safe and that they can trust us and we trust the school. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that might be the only place where like a little bit of like my judginess might come in where I just wish that people had more faith in the decisions that decision makers are making within our education system because I understand what would be best for you and what you want. I mean, we obviously, we all want the same things, but I just... Even even in the spring with with remote learning, like the the complaining that I got in my group mom texts about things, it, it really would get me upset because again, I, I'm with you. We were we were all in like the ring of fire. It sucked. Yep. But at the same time, like these people are, are are doing their best. And I think that if we all just just take a deep breath and trust that, it actually takes a lot of the stress off of you and the acceptance allows you to deal with it better. Absolutely. I don't know if you know about the elementary school waiver that has been floating around, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are rumors that there was a waiver. Well, it's not rumors. There's a waiver that you can sign up for, um, for elementary school. It's not for secondary school for your school to be able to reopen. And Oh yes. I heard about this. Yes. 
with private schools, particularly, I've heard this more so with K through six private schools than with K through yeah. 12 private schools are going to be applying for this waiver so that they can actually reopen. And my fear was that this was so driven by the school communities pushing administration to open no matter what, for whatever their reasons are. And it really concerned me, frankly. And an article came out yesterday in the LA Times saying that LA County is not going to have any waivers whatsoever because the numbers are still too high. So Mm -hmm. while other counties may have it, LA's not. And I I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset that I'm saying this, but I actually relief that that waiver is not even an option. Yeah. You know, this is one of those times where like money, you know, I heard that. Like, my, like money and power does not matter in this situation. I hope I'm not pissing too many people off by saying this. Like, we have to respect like the lives that are, are being at risk. And again, trusting that these people, this is what they do. This is what they're paid to do. They're in contact with this team. You see, they're in contact with the people that they need to be. They're doing what's best for everybody. Like Can we I have just, to go ahead. I just want to say, I just want to say something that, you know, we're, we're talking to, you know, an expert on schools and I know a lot of moms are listening. And I just want to say that I've been on millions of zooms so far about schools reopening. And, um, I have been saddened and shocked by the amount of, um, you know, some parents that are so um, awful to the directors of the school who are just trying to do the best job they can possibly do to safely get our kids back in school. And I'm specifically talking about preschoolers. And every time I'm on a Zoom and I hear a lot of parents just really getting down on these directors um, who are literally, you know, preschool directors. I mean, they, they care about our kids. I mean, they really do. And, um, I just want to say, teachers. and they care about their yeah. teachers. And by the way, they care about their own health. You know, I'm speaking from my personal experience. I mean, the director of our school cares about her own health too. This is not something that she's taking lightly. She wants her school to be perfect and healthy and safe so she can be okay and safe. And she's taking a huge risk too. And I just want to say to parents who are really just getting down on these Zoom calls in front of all these these other parents to just really, like you said, Jamie, like the teachers and the directors are in a very uh, crazy predicament. And I know you want your kids back in school. I know maybe it puts you out a little bit because you can't go back to your normal life. But just think about how you're speaking and how you're talking to the directors of the school and it trickles down to everyone there. And it just, it has definitely, um, it has definitely made me um, so appreciative of, of these people who are running these schools. And I, I, and, and I hope everyone else is because I've heard just some crazy stuff on these zoom calls and, and it makes me sad. That's all. So I hope everyone takes a minute to appreciate all these teachers and all these directors of schools. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know our, I mean, our, the people that run my son's preschool, who I, I love them so much. They're such good people. And yeah. I, I have seen parents be flat out awful. Me too. Me too. They've said, they've come to me and they've never told me that, but they've said, thank you for being so kind during all this. And I'm like, what do you mean? Thank you mm-hmm. for working so hard to have this open. So I have a place to send my two and a half year old terrorist to every day. Cause he's <laughs> driving me crazy. Like, 
but but it's true like please again all you mamas like we understand your frustrations we we are all i think a gift of all of this is is that there's been there's something to be said about going through something like the whole world all together um you know i think it the fact that it's falling in an election year somehow we've like cross wires here where we think things are political. Like, I don't know when masks became political. Like, I don't know what's going on, but as far as it comes to schools, like let's be mindful of, of everyone that's having to make difficult decisions. And they're even thinking of you. They're thinking of you at home and what you are going to have to do. Nobody wants to be in this situation and, um, just be kind. Be kind. <laughs> we're all going through this together and it's, yeah. it's a, it's a shit show and we're all learning together and just be kind. Yeah. yeah. Jamie, I have another question. So, because this probably has to do with a lot with like what your business and helping families find the right schools for them. Right. And, uh, and you know, this might be just for our LA mamas or people that are in other states or counties that tour schools and see what's right for them. What, what, what's it going to look like? Or how is this going to work for families that are going to be touring schools? Like I got to do the whole process of going on foot and, you know, sitting in meetings and having one-on-ones and things like that, you know, for kindergarten 21, 22, what is that process going to look like? I think a lot of the schools are still trying to figure that out. But it will not be on-campus tours. Everything will be virtual. It'll be virtual open houses, virtual tours. Interviews will be over Zoom. Um, I think the hardest things will be assessing the little kids. They're going to be assessed over Zoom. Schools are just going to waive assessments altogether and go based on preschool recommendations. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are going to be pros and cons to the process this year. It's going to be challenging because an applicant family isn't going to get to know the schools the way they would have in any other situation. And the schools aren't going to get to know the families and the child the way they would have in a normal situation. There's going to be challenges on both sides of of it. Um, And I think everyone's just going to have to be incredibly patient with it. And for the families that are applying to kindergarten and whose kids are going to be assessed on Zoom, I know a lot of my clients are panicking that their four and five-year-olds are going to have to sit through four or five Zoom assessments. Oh my gosh. Um, they need to, I just can set, tell everyone, take a deep breath. The schools aren't expecting a four and five-year-old to be able to sit there for 30 minutes and no. their lap. And right. They get it. They're, you know, they're fully aware, which is why a lot of schools will probably end up waiving assessments altogether. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it may end up for some tough classes of kids coming into kindergarten for 2021. Sure. Well, that's where you, you come in real handy with what you do because you could really, you know, you know the schools, right? I'm sure really, really well. And so when you get to know a family, you'll be able to really give your expert opinion of what would be a good fit. Exactly. And I actually, for the most part, I'm trying to assess as many kids in person as I can. And I sit outside in a backyard and um, we wear masks if the family's that or, or, you know, whatever's most comfortable for the family. And I do assess every child. I'm an educator at heart and I want to set kids up for success. So if I'm calling a school and advocating for a child, we need to make sure it's actually the right fit for a child. Amazing. Will you tell all our mamas um, how they can find um, your consulting, like where website, everything? 
Yes, jamiebacallconsulting.com. I help families with K through 12 independent school placement. I work with a lot of families that relocate to LA that need placement for their children. I work with families coming into kindergarten, families that are coming out of K through five public school, looking for private school for sixth grade. I work, I run the gamut with everything. There's been a lot of families right now in public school trying to get out and get into private school for the fall. They're really worried about for LAUSD yeah. uh, and every I work I manage the whole process for families and kind of curate the process to the family's needs um, but it's it's really a way to help families manage the process in a way where they feel that their hand is held through the process and they really yeah. have some helping find what's best for their child not just pushing them to where their best friend goes or where their best yes. friends yeah yes you'll Jamie. still your friend <laughs> You must be so busy right now. You must be so busy. Very busy. I am very And I just I just want to say I actually, you know, had a a phone call with you a couple months ago and you were so helpful because we were trying to get, you know, figure out a public school situation for Milo. We actually um, will keep him in private school in his last year of TK at his at his preschool because we feel like why send him to public school in his first year of public school when it's going to be remote when we could just send him to his last year at preschool so that's what our decision is but you were so incredibly helpful and knowledgeable about every single private school every single public school so um you must be incredibly busy and and it's just so it's so great that people can turn to you for suggestions and advice and and not only in LA I mean this is very helpful for everyone all over the world so absolutely thank thank you Oh, no, thank you. My pleasure to yeah. help out families. I, I love setting kids up for success. It's what I do. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there anything, I know we threw a lot of questions at you, but is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you might want to um, put out there about this whole situation? Oh, you know what? I think it's really fluid. And I think as moms, we all just need to cut ourselves some slack and I think we can be really hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to just take a deep breath. And, and just like I say, trust the teachers, trust ourselves. We, we have mom instincts. No amount of, with all due respect, no amount of podcasts or books or anything is, is going to be stronger no. than your gut inside of you. So trust your gut as a mom and do what works for you and your family. And it's not going to be perfect. And it's not always going to be pretty. And just know that your kids are going to love you no matter what. and Your kids are going to be okay. Just model, model what you want that, for them uh, in a way that's going to help them get through this. So perfect. Great Thank advice. You. Thank you. And we're going to leave you with a mama said that kind of piggybacks on all that Jamie just said. Uh, remember, mama said, there is no right way or perfect solution to sending our children back to school during a pandemic. We can debate all day, but still in the end, every family has to do what is right for them. But there should be no debate about the fact that teachers are heroes. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Said. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Bigway. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week.